Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love the Black Mary and Death Free podcast, if you get any joy, if we've ever done anything for you, do us a huge favor and go and give us a five-star review on this podcast. Leave us a comment if you like, but that helps our viewership ranking. Peace. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife. Shira, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Black Married and Debt Free podcast. Today, we have a special guest um, in the room with us is Tisha Perry, and she is a realtor um, out of Alabama and also Georgia. And she's going to be sharing some great information with us today on how you might acquire your first home or also an investment property, if this is something that you're interested in. And we're just going to hop right in. So Tisha, thank you for being here with us. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's lovely to see you guys. Happy Sunday. Yeah, happy Sunday. And Tisha is a highly requested, you know, because um, Tisha is who we work with to, to get our last three investment properties in Alabama. So everybody's always asking, who's your realtor? Can you give me her information? So we, we brought her to y'all. So Right. You're excited about that. Yeah. And I also will say that, you know, sometimes when you're doing a podcast, you interview people that you haven't personally met Mm -hmm. or personally have interacted with. But Tisha is someone that we work with Mm -hmm. and she has been wonderful to work with and she's going to share a lot of great information. So we'll just start off um, by asking if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first, I am a broker now. Besides being a realtor, I'm service in Georgia and Alabama. I'm getting ready to open up my own brokerage. I'm currently the broker for Residential Georgia and Residential Alabama LLC, which as of this week, I'll be opening up my new brokerage, which will be New Life Realty Group LLC. So we'll be opening it up for both Georgia and Alabama. I do also service other states. I've been licensed since 2005. I have multiple things that I do, but my primary... um, goal is to make the best of my real estate business. So being a realtor sets us separate from all other agents because we have standards that we must follow. And that's the key to quality customer service, understanding that that's most important, the customer service that you bring to your clients, how they feel about you as a person, and that you're looking out for their best interests. Because oftentimes people are looking out for themselves. And one thing about this industry, people can quickly tell when you genuinely care about somebody's well-being or you just only care about the money. Yeah. So I mean, me as a me personally, my goal is to provide quality customer care to all clients and treat everybody equally. And those who may not be as knowledgeable, get them the best that they can. Yeah, that's that's really great, Tisha. And like how you said, from the first time that we spoke on the phone, 
I knew I was like, this is going to work because you you were looking out for our best interest. You kind of get a feel for that, you know, quickly uh, when speaking with someone. So, Tisha, what led you to get into real estate, you know, selling real estate as a broker or as an agent? What, what led you there? Well, you know, I was in my early 20s. OK, I was about 21 when I started doing investments. An older guy was like, you need to do sales. You need to be um, an investor. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I started doing investments when I was like 21, 22 years old. And I didn't have the proper guidance at that time. People were using me because I had the credit. I didn't even have a whole lot of money, but I kept stable jobs. I, I was always money, financial savvy person, a financially driven person and wanted to have a better life, especially from my background coming from where I grew up as poor as a child and what I went through as, you know, with my parents and stuff. So I always wanted to be better, but I didn't have no knowledge about real estate or credit or anything, but I've always been someone who wanted to do well. So people who were older than me were always say, you should get into real estate. You should do this, you should do that. And I was like, okay, I didn't know what to do. So sometimes we don't know what to do. Sharks get after you. You don't understand the industry and people can use you. So when I first started doing investment in my early 20s, I was being used by different investors because they want the person to hear about you that you can buy properties. And they just, you know, I even had people who was paying for me to buy properties for them. So I had about 14 houses by the time I was 23 years old. And right before um, I got my real, what made me decide to become a realtor is when I seen how I was getting frustrated with the tenants and the issues that I experienced as a young person and not having proper guidance. I wanted to know more about real estate. I still wanted to, um, you know, be in real estate. But at that particular time in my life, I didn't want to continue with the investments because it was overwhelming. And I was a single mom at that particular time. I do. And then I didn't understand the benefit of what I had, not having a spouse support at that particular time and also not having real people around me that was trustworthy because even some realtors were not trustworthy during that time in my life. So I said, OK, I'm not going to give up. I got my real estate license by the time I was 25. So within two years um, after I had started investing, I started transitioning and got my real estate license. So I still had a lot of homes. I still had my real estate license and I started practicing real estate without buying any additional properties at that moment. And um, so I still had a great deal of responsibility because not only was I a young person at 25 years old, I also had all these homes that I had to manage and I had women properties. Back then, we didn't have Airbnbs. I did rooming houses and I was, you know, doing my thing, riding across Atlanta, downtown, you know, Buckhead, but, um, not Buckhead, but anyway, Grant Park area, um, um, what I had, Grant Park, um, some sort, some parts of Atlanta, uh, Camerton Road area. I had, you know, rooming, this was a hot area for those places. I lived in Curries and Covington, which was about 45 minutes away from there in the suburbs. And, um, you know, at that time in my life, I was just, really driven, you know, like I was a go-getter. I was a risk taker as, as well. And um, when I seen that the market was crashing in 08, I decided that I did not want to do any more investment properties and I filed chapter seven. At that time when I filed chapter seven, I didn't have bad credit. My credit was great, but my spiritual mom was, she was like, you need to get on too much stress. There's too much going on. And this is the time to do it before they change the, the way they were required. That was the best thing I could have ever done, by the way. I still kept about four of my homes. I kept the two new houses I had built and all the other properties that I needed at that time in my life. But I had a life learning experience at an early age about finances, about dealing with people in the um, real estate industry and about understanding how to manage money and what to expect in the market. So I, I ended my real estate investing at that particular time in my life. And then I resumed later on. We'll get to that later. So I was doing real estate. And while in Georgia, I was doing real estate. And then I ended up getting married and moving to Alabama. 
So when I moved to Alabama, I put my license on hold because I wasn't even sure if I was going to practice here. So this was about 2010, years later after doing investments. At that time, I still had several properties, but I wasn't really doing any investments. I was still making money. I kept the good ones, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I had the ones that was I need to get rid of anyway. And even though I filed chapter seven, I was able to keep four of my four homes. Two of them were brand new, uh, which was one of my primary residents and one of my other first residents that I bought because I bought two brand new homes when I first started buying properties. My first house I bought was a brand new residence built from scratch was my first home, about $123,000 home back at that time, you know, yeah. 2002, 2003. And um, I was very proud of myself. And then a year later, I had bought my second brand new home which was unconventional, and that's the power of having good credit. Because back then, it wasn't like I was making a whole lot of money at 23 years old. But when you have good credit and you pay your bills, you can get a, you can get a lot of things in life, especially if you're trustworthy. And so when I moved here, I still had rental property. I um, still had my license. I put my license on hold, and I decided that I wanted to become active after I finished my master's degree. I do have a master's in clinical social work. I have some goals for nonprofits for the community that I'm working on, non-real estate related, but I will include coaching for real estate, credit, finances, insurance, all of that's going to be in my program. So maybe the next video, I go in more depth about those services I'll be opening up soon for the community. And that's why, even though I'm not using my degree and working for someone else, I will be using my degree to help the community with my master's. And so after I finished my master's, my real estate career shot up the roof. Cause while I got my license, I got my license activated back about, about four or five years, four or five years ago here. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to even do real estate in Alabama, you know, cause it was already kind of like bittersweet coming from Atlanta right. and um, not really knowing a lot of people here and everybody works differently. So once I got activated, it was on. I was like, okay, it was pretty cool. People were recognizing me, my personality. I was easily able to attract folks who wanted to do business with me. I got signs on our cards for advertisement. People will ask, oh, who you do real estate? And I've gotten several deals just by having advertisement on my vehicle. And then once people know you, with it being a small area, then everybody's okay with working with you because people word of mouth get around. But not only did I have established my realtor's license when I first got active here, I also opened a credit, reca credit repair company. So that get, both those combined allowed me to really excel my businesses because I was offering offering two services: those who who already ready for real estate and those who were not yet ready. I was able to prepare them for credit repair. Now, mind you, I've never had to have credit repair, but I was able to find out about it because I was dealing with some other investors who had credit repair businesses, and they was like, because I was referring my clients to those ninety nine dollar a month people, the yeah. folks that charge a little fees, because I didn't do credit repair at that time. And then one one investor said, "Don't waste your time with that because they're gonna just keep taking their money." I can show you what you need to do. So I had somebody who shared something with me, which we already being credit savvy in the first place, already being real strict about my credit, already knowing how credit works, adding those skills along with understanding how to get things removed, it was a beast. So um, within three years, the credit repair business shot up the roof along with my real estate because I was able to help people who needed help with their credit. Some needed help with credit, some didn't. You know, most investors come to me, they already got themselves together. But I've had people who had some credit challenges who I've also helped, mainly those first-time home buyers or people who had homes before trying to get back and start buying homes. So once I um, became active as a realtor, um, just in the last two years, I had the opportunity of um, obtaining and becoming a broker. So that's after I transitioned and became a realtor and was doing well with that and um, started doing the credit consulting. I trained my assistant, which is my daughter, 
how to do credit repair. So she runs my credit repair business and she's also getting her realtor's license. So once she finished school, I got her set up. So she's been running that business for two years now. I don't even do credit repair. But she's excellent with customers. She's more softer than I am because I'm more direct and straight. We have different personalities and they, my customers love her. So when she talks to them, she know how to deal with people and it kind of works out. So she's got my credit consulting company going, New Life Real Estate and Credit LLC. The name of my credit consulting company is New Life Real Estate Credit LLC. It's combined with my realtor stuff, but it's not the same. It's two separate entities. You're not supposed to do two things, but that's a whole nother company within our um, industry that we offer those services. So after I became broker, which was two years ago for Residential Alabama LLC, I've been practicing and with those business, businesses combined, I've gotten referrals from you guys. And one thing about that I'm very grateful for, you guys were a blessing to me. Not only were um, you referred me, but people who probably didn't even tell you, they came to me and they also referred someone. So I've gotten about five different people that this came to me in closed transactions, all because of one transaction with you guys from the first time. And people still call me, but not everybody is ready. So I don't stress out about it. I just kind of school them what I'm offering. And currently today, I got one guy last week got approved that referred that you referred him as well. I'm very grateful. This is a blessing. Each one teach one. You guys are doing a great thing for the community. And I'm glad that you trust me and know that I'm going to look out the best interests of people. And that's what set me aside from other realtors by being in a position to um, show people I really care. I want to see, see see people to succeed, and I'm grateful to be able to have that opportunity. There's no greater joy than seeing people accomplish the goal they're trying to accomplish. And that's what makes me stand out among a lot of people. It's not about the money, because when you do um, investment transactions, they're not going to necessarily be a large amount of volume. You know, you're dealing with lower end properties. But that's not even it. It's the ability to be able to help multiple people accomplish their own personal goals, and you never know who else they may know. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we do for results and making um, people fulfill their own goals by me accomplishing my own goals in return. Yeah, you know, I can talk a lot, so I want to keep talking. I know you got questions. No, we love it. Okay. <laughs> Some really so, great stuff. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> so now today, let's mention, I'm about to open up my own brokerages in Georgia and Alabama yeah. this week. So everything happened so fast. It's an emotional, but great opportunity for me to see past what I had thought I was going to do in the first place. Absolutely. And we're we glad we were able to kind of get in on the on the beginning stages of, of, of your new venture. So this is really cool. Now, Tisha, I, I kind of wanted to switch gears because there's a lot of debate uh, in the financial community of, oh, should I rent? I could I, it's, it's more financially savvy for me to rent and invest the rest than it is to be an owner and own a home. So from your perspective, what. Can, can you talk about renting versus owning? Uh, I have an idea, but Absolutely. I would love to hear your opinion. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. And, you know, I always agree with owning. That's why I bought my first home at 22. I remember someone knocked on my door. I was renting. I was paying $700 a month, which was affordable back then. Now $700 a month is like, okay. You have a hard time finding a quality for seven hundred and something. You can find a decent place to live, but back at that time, I was paying like seven hundred something for rent, and I got a note on my door saying you can have a house for what you pay for rent. And actually, I went to a new subdivision and bought a house for what I was paying, probably like forty dollars more, eight hundred dollars a month. My first, my first brand new home back at that time in 2021, 2022. And ever since then, I knew the power of owning because one thing about having your own. 
you can determine how you can pay your bills. It makes a world of difference when it comes down to in-between checks. It makes a world of difference when you have your own. They can't just put you on the street right away. If you do get behind, things like that. So there's a lot of advantage by having your own because it's yours. No, you will always pay taxes in this wicked world. But one thing about it is sure, it's yours. So you something you can lead over to your family members, something you can leave behind, something you can build equity in if you can pull cash out if you need to, to buy other properties. And that's what a lot of people are doing. So any day somebody asks that question, yes. Now there are certain circumstances that someone may have to rent temporarily because they may be in transition. And um, that's necessary. And if you're going to be paying... Nowadays, people are paying twelve hundred or more for a decent place to live. It only makes sense if you can get a home in your area for that. Then do so. Oftentimes, the cost of living is going up. They might end up paying more than twelve hundred to even get a mortgage. So, depending on the person's financial situation, the job stability, and their ultimate goal, home ownership is number one. There are circumstances I do agree you might need to rent temporarily. If you know your credit is not up to par, you know you're in between jobs, don't know where you want to live at, you might want to wait. Now, if you do move somewhere for work purposes and you know you're going to be there for a few years, it's still nothing wrong with investing in a property where you live versus renting because that's yours. And when you leave, if you're going to be there for two to five years, you'll build equity, which means by the time you get ready to move, you can decide to rent it or you can decide to sell it for profit and buy something else because during that time, you're going to be paying rent anyways. So I do recommend that if you're going to be somewhere for a standard period of time, even though you might not be there for the rest of your life, if it's feasible for you, yes, go ahead and buy. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we it only that makes sense. Yeah. Right. It only makes sense because you're paying somebody else rent. Yep. You're going to be paying somebody else. You're paying a mortgage, but you're just not paying yours. Right. So, right. you know, right. you're going to be spending out money that and, and paying a mortgage every month, but it ain't going to be yours. So at the end of the day, the way I tell people, What's going to be best for you and your offspring? Ever since I was a young person, my, you know, when I grew up, I got married young. That didn't work out. Then I had, as a single parent, I became a single parent by the time I was 21. And I wanted the best for me and my offspring. That's something that I always focus on. Even if you don't have kids, you think your offspring. Because whatever you do in life is going to have a direct reflect on what's going to be left behind. Your legacy, what you have for your offspring, and who are you as a person? What have you done? So the way I feel about life is not about um, being prosperous and becoming rich is about stability. And stability lies in ownership. Yeah. Because when you're going through a hard time, you have a, it's a big gap in between when you got to pay mortgage and how you pay rent. Rent, they don't care nothing about that. If you don't pay your rent by the fourth or the third or the fifth, we file an eviction come the middle of that month. And yeah. you're going to be looking forward to not having a place to live if you don't come up with the rent. Now, the thing about having a mortgage, they give you a little bit more cushion there allows for you to be able to get stable and then you might be able to find a job in between time or get some assistance and you still can keep your home. They don't want to take your home back half the time. They're making money off you through the interest. And even if you foreclose, sadly, they're going to make money anyway. But you don't want that on your credit. So there's some great benefits of home ownership. So anybody ask me, I'm going to say home ownership all day long. You know, that's my livelihood anyway. Why would I not right. take it? You know what I'm saying? No, that's, that's my livelihood. That's that's my baby. That's how I make a living. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't think real estate's ever going to go out of style. It's going to be new tactics and new ways to do things. Like I said, when I started doing investments 20 years ago, oh my God, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> Telling on myself, 20 years ago, I started doing investments and it was totally different then. And they that's why they changed some of the lending laws too because the people was using folks and money laundering and all kind of fraudulent stuff was going on back during that time. People were just doing all kinds of stuff to get people approved. Now it's more stricter. They got stricter guidelines. 
And I'm for those guidelines because that's going to make the longevity of finally real estate. When you start having all these market crashes because people are not doing right, it doesn't help the community. It doesn't help the market either. So I definitely agree with that. So another question that we have is um, what steps a person should take um, before reaching out to a realtor. So if someone is thinking about owning a home or maybe acquiring an, an investment property, what steps should they take to make sure that they're that they're ready um, before connecting with a realtor or broker? Well, one thing is important. Finances is number one. Even if you have a 700 score, if you've been laid off for a extended period of time, you know, three to six months or longer, you know, you're not going to probably qualify for a mortgage right then. But I don't mind anyone who's interested, whether it be now or in the future, to ask questions. But understand, you're not going to be able to buy a home if you don't have the income. So that's number one. Number two, credit is very important. So if you're someone who has credit challenges and you was recently laid on your car payment, mortgage payment, credit cards, or student loans, then you're not going to buy a home right now. Now, it doesn't mean you won't buy one, but you have to get yourself prepared. And how are you going to get prepared is knowing what you need to do. So the difference with, with me is because I do offer that service. I do offer credit consulting. It's not just about credit repair because credit repair is not a one size fits all. I don't even call it credit repair anymore because it's consulting. Meaning that I have customers come to me weekly who don't need credit repair. They need to pay their bills down. They need to do some other things to get their scores up. They're not necessarily behind or they are behind and that's not credit repair. If you're late on your bills, just get caught up. Nobody's going to take that late payment off. You only thing you can do is pay your credit card down, keep get on track, and don't be late anymore. That's going to build your scores. And so when I coach people, we don't just agree to work with everybody's credit. We tell them, hey, let me tell you something. I'm look at your credit, find out what's going on with it first. Then I can tell you what we what you need. Not everybody's going to do that. The average realtor is going to send you straight to the loan officer. If you tell about you want to buy a home, they get you approved. Knowing good and well, they haven't asked fact-finding questions. So my team, my group, of my realtors that's working on my company, I'm educating them on the importance of fact-finding questions. I don't do business unless I ask questions. Okay, how long have you been on your job? Are you currently employed? Are you self-employed? Self-employment versus being employed and having a job is two different things because you're taxed differently and you have to have at least two years business taxes filed in order for you to do anything with your self-employed income. Even if you're making good money, if it ain't on paper, it doesn't matter. So everything you're doing has to be recorded and documented, meaning that if you had a business for two years and you ain't filed your taxes right, you made 70000 you said you made twelve. not going to happen. <laughs> and most people, when they first do their taxes the first year or two, may not do it correctly. So if you haven't done the taxes and you're thinking about owning a business, you have to wait two years to be able to use that business income and you make sure that they do it the right way for you, even if you made little money, because the least money you make, that will hurt you when you get ready to try to buy investments. Now, once you bought all the stuff you want to buy in life, you don't care about that. IRS may not order you, but you may still be ordered if you play around with taxes. But the most important thing is your income. That is like important. And credit is also important because if you got good credit, it don't matter if you don't have any income because you're not going to be able to buy anything. So those two go together. And if you have bad credit, you can always get good credit by doing your work. Many by don't rely on any credit repair company to do the work for you. Know what's going on with your credit. Because I have people contact me, they're paying for credit repair and don't even know what's being worked on. They're looking at a score. Your score may not even move with credit repair if you don't have positive credit reporting. 
So by having some positive activity going on, you know exactly what's going on with your credit. You can see if you've been late, you can see activity, you can see if you're using a credit card, if you're maxing it out, all those things are gonna have an impact on your scores. So when I'm talking to a client, credit and income, you can come to me and ask questions, but if you don't have it together, you're not finna buy a home. So what we would have to do is map out a plan for you. Yeah, that's that's some great insight there. Uh, Cause I think a lot of people, they, they just don't know some of this stuff, you know? So now Tisha, you've worked with, you know, people in state local and then you work with like people like us that's out of state so what how does it differ like from an agent's perspective when you're working with someone who's local as opposed to like out of state is your is it is it a lot of different strategy or is it fairly similar well it's fairly similar with me um i my people who are out of state i, I treat them the same as they were in the state what we do in most cases if they're not going to come in town i got people who buy homes they never seen but you guys come in town after you close at least but usually what i do is do video calls with my clients. If you don't have an Apple phone, we got WhatsApp app, we got all kind of ways, Facebook, that you can do a video call now. So no one should be getting catfished at this point. You know, by now everybody should be to see everybody. I'm legit, I'm in my office. So this is a legitimate situation. Okay, if you can't at least do that. You don't be busy with somebody that can't let you see them. Now, we do video calls. You have you have me or another realtor. If I'm not available, I connect you with one of my agents who can open up the house. We have it on video for you to see every room as if you were there. And nowadays, most of these phones are very clear. It's, it's no different from you walking in the house. You can do outdoors, indoors, and you can see everything you need to see to make a decision if you want to submit an offer. The offer is the first step because that doesn't mean you're going to buy the home. You got to get you got to get the offer accepted, and then. You do your due diligence by getting an inspection. That allows you to say, do I even want to move forward with this? I haven't seen it in person, but I kind of got an idea that's a great property. But if they find out there's major issues of concern, you have the right to decide yes or no. Well, yes, I can deal with this if the seller does certain things. So that gives you room to negotiate and you shouldn't, it's not going to be um, a, a crazy situation that you're buying a limit. Because you're not going to buy a home that ain't worth it. Because one thing's for sure, once you get your inspection done and once you get appraisal, that's going to let you know the value of the home. So you don't have any worries about buying properties out of state, whether you buy here, Georgia, or Florida. I pretty much do all over. I got people in other states. I sold homes in other states that I'm not even licensed because I do referrals. So what I tell my agents, though, although I might not be licensed in California, if you get ready to buy a property, I still can assist you because I will connect with one of the, the quality agents there. And we'll be working with the transactions for, you know, making sure everything is in place for you. So no matter where you are, I'm a universal realtor. I, that's what I should have named my company, but I didn't want to yeah. do that because I do all over. I don't limit myself. I got clients who contact me from Texas, ask me about helping them there. And I'm like, I don't live there, but they like me because they've been watching me. Right. You know, I do videos. I'm going to start back doing my videos. I've been so busy lately, a lot of changes. And this is all happening so fast in the new year. I'm excited at the same time. I'm excited, and um, so I'm gonna get back doing my videos and being on board and trying to build my YouTube like you guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, so in the meantime, those things that are very important, you know, you know, when I'm talking to a person, whether they live in state or not, I treat them the same as if they're here. They don't have to worry about buying a home they've never seen because we're gonna do video call and I'm gonna give my input on it. Hey, you might want to not. I don't know. You might want to take a second guess on this one. If I feel like it, or if I'm always decent, yeah, it's good. So far, you guys always find the best looking properties. <laughs> Y'all get the ones that been remodeled already. You know, you walk in, it's ready to move in. 
you can move in them, you know. Right, right. So you guys are good about that. Now, because everybody's starting to buy here, things get dried up. And not only that, it's limited about availability of homes because everybody's not trying to move right now. Right. But investment properties, now people are selling. People are wanting to sell. And I'm very excited about that because it allows room for people to continue still have transactions mm -hmm. and, and, and build relationships. So even when y'all slow down, you might say, well, you know, we might slow down for now. We'll come back at another time when we're ready or you might send somebody else down. There's always going to be real estate. And the good thing about it, I don't have to live somewhere to find out about something. So it might be another part of Alabama. Y'all might say, well, let me see. Now we got Montgomery right away. Let's look at some other areas. I can assist with that as well. And if it's, you know, whether they mean me driving down there or connecting with a local person, you're still working with me, the person you're already familiar with. But I, I can connect with other people to get knowledge. Each one teach one. Don't mean I don't, just because I don't know something don't mean I can't find out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you are safe in my hands, whether you're here or not. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And it was so cool, uh, teach on the last transaction. It felt like, it felt like we did everything through, through text. It's like, there's so many ways to communicate that there's really no excuse. If you right. want to invest out of state, you can do it, you know. So. Right, because when you're at work and stuff and everybody got things going on, mm -hmm. we text. And, you know, if you need to talk to me, whether you want to do a Zoom call, FaceTime, or WhatsApp app, whatever, I'm rarely available for that. I don't, I don't, I'm not hiding myself away like it's a secret. No, I want you to know who you're working with and trust me. And I always think about my clients. If I can reward you, whether it be a gift card or send you something, I'm going to do that because I know you you could have chose anybody else. I'm not the only one to do real estate, right. but I want to be the only one you come to because you're happy with who you're dealing with. And that's called loyalty. We do this for a living. So when you're working with somebody, it's not that I don't need you. We all need each other. We You need me for a purpose and I need you for a purpose. This is what we do. And this is how this keeping opportunities and job opportunities in the community. Each one teach one, each one share knowledge, each one providing a way for people to have an income. So I don't take take that for granted at all. Yeah, that's great. And it, it definitely shows too. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, along those same lines, one of the questions that we want to ask you personally is how in the world do you make all of this work? I mean, you are a very driven person. You're also a, a wife and a mother. So what have been some of the keys to, to your success and um, keeping things together? Well, one thing is for sure, family is important to me. So my husband's not going to let me do too much because he'll get to like complaining. There have been nights I've been coming in like he's like, no, uh, I ain't going to lose my wife to something. You better be careful out there. It's light. It's dark outside. Like it's dark now. But I might be, it's only 400, four, four something is dark. I One night I came in, it was almost 12 o'clock because I was so focused on work and I was in my office. Everybody in the building had left. My husband's furious about that. So that's not an everyday thing. I just gave you an example that no, family's first and I'm not coming at 12 o'clock at night every night. But there's some nights there's going to be some hard work has to take place. There's going to be times when you have to you have to shut everybody out. You can't answer a text every five minutes. I'm not always on social media. Right. So you got somebody always on there every five minutes posting stuff. I don't know what you're doing because if you're making money and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you ain't got time for that. Mm. You ain't got time for that. Now, you have to make time for marketing. People need to know who you are. That's called branding. I'm not going to never stop doing that. You got to have balance and family is very important to me. So what I do as far as um, structure, you need to be organized. You need to have plans, putting things into place, planning, scheduling. You need to, because um, you're going to forget stuff. When you have a lot of things going on, you forget somebody told you to call them. You got this person reaching out. And one week I might get five referrals. Somebody seen me on Facebook. Somebody told them about me. They messaging my personal message. They mentioned my Facebook messenger. I'm very grateful. And sometimes because you can get overwhelmed, you, you got to make sure you check your attitude. 
You got to make sure you keep that in check, your mental health in check, because everybody pulling on you. So I'm a very um, fan of taking care of self. Mental health checks, regrouping, self-time, me time, not TV time, sitting around lollygagging, and not Facebook time. This take up your time. I'm guilty of that at times. We can get guilty of wasting time. So time is valuable. It's something you will never get back. So one thing about what I'm doing, not, I don't consider my, I don't try to, I'm not a competitive person, so I don't compare myself to other realtors and what they're doing. That may be all they have going. They may not do nothing else. I honestly can't say that. I got I got multiple businesses and other things I do. I don't think I will ever do one thing. I don't see it in me. I wish I could. Maybe I could be more successful. I, I don't, I'm not going to do one thing. I believe in multiple streams of income. And even if it means I was having to work somewhere, I'm going to still have multiple streams of income. I'm not going to just work for somebody and not have other income. So for me, being balanced means self-care. Yeah. When you start doing too much, you got to take a deep breath and step back and analyze self because that stuff can weigh you down and it can start causing you to get irritable because you're trying to do too much. So you have to take care. I work out. I take care of myself. I'm all about taking care of my health. And I want to keep it that way. Keeping myself feeling good and looking good at all times because that's going to allow me to be able to be successful for my clients and give them the best energy that they need. Because everybody's extra sensitive nowadays. Yeah. So yeah. you got to be careful how you come across that phone. You might not even be thinking nothing about them. But if you give them negative energy because you're having a bad day or somebody else has got on your freaking nerves, it can mess up something. And so I had to learn it all the time. You got to make sure you woosah and take care of yourself. Now, thankfully, I don't have any small kids, even though I wanted more children. I was very strict about having kids, so I only had one, and that was by my first husband. This husband, I've been married 10 years, so I've been trying to get him to give me a baby. He ain't trying to give me no kids right now. He probably gonna give me none, so I ain't gonna worry about it. And then with me being in my 40s, he's like, you're too old to be having kids. My time has passed, I guess, because I was too strict and I, wait, I waited too long. Discipline, but anyway. Right <laughs> Anyway, then my husband's older than me. So he's like, I ain't finna have no kids at 53. I'm like, let me get out of here. Now we got still grandkids. So my, my stepdaughter has four kids. So you gotta love them. But they only last so long. Kids grow up so fast. And my daughter's 23. My daughter's gonna be 23 in February. So I'm like, oh my God, I got a 23-year-old. And she works for me. And she's about to get her real estate license. So she's gonna come on my team and be in my real estate group. She's gonna be licensed in both states as well. So she, I'm, I'm, she's training her in the way. Um, she probably gonna end up buying her first investment property in the next 12 months as well after she filed her taxes this year because she filed her first taxes last year that showed enough income to do anything with. So I think that um, even if she doesn't move in that investment property, it'll be her first property she can start her income on, but she can take that money if she wants to move to Georgia, allow for her to get what she wants. So I'm working on that with her because I, I know when I started doing investments, y'all, you know, at 22 and 23, it was hard being around peers because people look at me like, you, you know, I was too old, yeah, but yeah. I did all that, I'm, you know, and then even with dating, it's like, you're talking to a 23 year old guy and I'm right. 23, that, that didn't work out because he's in college, I'm up here doing real estate, buying houses, got a big, he come, people visiting, who live here with you? Nobody, it's me and my daughter, but it's different now. So I don't want her, I want her to focus on just managing her money well, um, you know, learn more about real estate business, keep her credit business that she has going with me and so that she can go on and do something, but focus on family life. Hopefully she'll establish her own family and not so focused on material things and worried about having all these extra things. I'm not really big on that for her age group. I want her to learn how to manage her money, save her money. So when she do find a good mate, they can have something together and build a bridge together versus you coming in, you've got all these things. 
what man you gonna find at 23, 24 years old that's gonna be, you know, on that level, right? yeah, no, you know, they're gonna be scared of you. So just, 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 just maintain, you ain't gotta be all, I'm independent and having all these material stuff to be happy. What makes right. people happy is within. Take care of your mental health, take care of your physical health, stop eating junk food. Cause you know, when you're in your 20s, you eat all kind of stuff. Take care of your skin. And that's what my mo focus is with my daughter, making sure she stay where she's at. So for his family life, that's where I am with that. And you know, like I said, I can talk a lot. So I'll let you guys go ahead and ask some more questions. <laughs> we we so, appreciate this. We appreciate yes. you, you know, dropping all these nuggets. And, and yes. we really, yeah, we really got a lot from this. Uh, we, we now, we just want to let the audience know where they can find you, uh, how they can, you know, reach out to you. So let us know, you know, everywhere you are online so people can connect with you. Newlifewithtishaperry.com is my website. Now, I have Facebook. Of course, people going to go school me and try to keep on my personal page, which is Tisha Perry. But I'm not accepting a whole lot of friend requests. I got like a thousand people that send me requests I got to look through. So right now, you can follow me on my business page as well, which is New Life Real Estate and Credit. You'll pull that up online. You can see that on my business page. Because I am in transition, if you happen to pull up my information for New Life Realty Group, that may be what you're going to see if you don't see the New Life with Tisha Perry, residential Alabama, Georgia, and Realtor, because I have to get approved for them to change my name. Also, if you want to call me, you can call 334-595-9007. That is my business line. So you may call that number and you can also text it, but we don't receive texts on that line often. So it's not something we check on a regular basis. So you, you might want to leave a voicemail. Okay. That's good. That's good. And we'll have all that in the description on all platforms. So we're definitely going to put all your information there. Tisha, we really appreciate it. And thank you. Yes, thank for not you. Only I really the appreciate the opportunity. This yeah. is a blessing. <laughs> Yay. Absolutely. Glad to finally connect. And sorry we keep missing each other. Every time I, I'm down there, it's like we are past. I got to get with you guys again to take y'all out to eat. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to go to a nice restaurant. I got to take y'all to somewhere nice. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Well, Tisha, thank you. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Shire, any last thoughts, final questions? No, I'm just excited. Yep. Till next time, y'all. We out. Bye.